This is Rise and Grind, and I'm Damon John. And I turned $40 into the multi-billion dollar brand, FUBU. I'm also a shark on ABC's Shark Tank and a consultant to brands, businesses, entrepreneurs, executives, and celebrities all over the world. For my new book, Rise and Grind, I sat down with some of my highly successful peers from all different industries to see how they conquered their goals. I'm going to take you inside the daily habits and routines of each of my guests to find out how they make the most of their 24 hours. Rise and Grind is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter has helped businesses of all sizes find great people. And right now, listeners to my podcast can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash rise. A little later, it's grow time with ZipRecruiter CEO and co-founder Ian Siegel. Ian will share some insight on pivotal moments that help businesses and their leaders grow. Today, we'll talk about knowing when it's time to start hiring people. Stick around for that. My guest today started his grind early. At seven years old, Tyler Okanma started making album covers for his imaginary records, and the Grammy-nominated Tyler the Creator was born. Today, he's an impresario, designing the covers for his real hit records, creating the merch for Odd Future. And if that's not enough, he also started an annual music festival that draws thousands from around the world. Many people think that this new generation of millennials, they don't do much, they just sit around waiting for things. But I tell people all the time, you know, when I was growing up in business, you called me, you would be able to get me nine to five, nine to seven if I was in the office. You're on 24 hours and many, many millennials are on 24 hours. So the rise and grind is actually more than what, you know, I used to do. At least I went to bed. Now, you know, the whole office is sitting there on that iPhone next to you. So thanks for being here. No, thank you. Thank you, brother. Before we get to all the massive amount of people you can move to do anything you want, kind of anything you concentrate on, like, you know, they don't just come to hear a concert. They may come to, for a fashion show. They may come to just because you're deciding to throw some collective group of uh, people from all walks of life in some place. I want to know a little bit about your story. So how did you grow up? Single parent home, me and my mom. I have a younger sister. I'm eight years older than her. And where was this? Los Angeles. Moved a lot all throughout Los Angeles. I liked music mm-hmm. at a young age, like four or five, just reading credits and just trying to study songs. I didn't play with toys. Cartoons were cool. I still love them. Um, didn't really have a strong friend base. I found like most of my friends like around 17, 18. I was very obnoxious and loud, class clown, very smart. It had a lot of energy and um, pretty aware of certain things. Um, loved syrup. That's what gave you energy? No, I just you just wanted to know how I was as a kid and I loved maple syrup. But if you didn't have a lot of friends moving around as well, what did you do when you didn't have a lot of friends? Uh, listen to music, draw. Um, I like car games a lot. Why? Why do you like the car games? I just like cars. I like I mean, cars. you think? Or is the com- or is uh, the I like driving. I like driving. Oh, I thought you said card games. No, 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 car. Like, oh, everybody likes cars. 
and um, yeah, just made music, write raps and. So read. when did you decide you wanted to be a music artist? Like seven. Seven. Started, I was writing raps at seven. Now tell me about your music career. How did it start off? Uh, MySpace was a really sick thing when I was 15, and a lot of the beats I would make, I would just upload them on there, mm -hmm. and they were really bad. But <laughs> I uploaded them and uh, would post on forums and stuff, and that word would kind of just get around, and a lot of music websites would never post this stuff. So I was just like, all right, fuck it. I'll, I'll make my own website and just post everything that I have there. And then I found a group of friends who made music also, and I wanted to start a magazine that just had uh, all the things I like, whether it was art, photography, fashion, architecture, right. just all the things that I was into, cars. So I kind of slowly, luckily because of the internet, slowly just started befriending random people in Los Angeles who were into these things, who I wanted to be a part of this little like magazine collective because I was a really big fan of like Vice magazine and things mm -hmm. like that. And uh, when the music, I was like, the music thing is gonna be, was gonna propel this. And I kind of just started running it like it was a record label. And um, But the doing, beats weren't that good, you said. Yeah, yeah, but we start rapping over it. And I mean, we liked it mm -hmm. at that time. Now I look back, it was kind of gross, but right, right. at the time we liked it. And then I just was like, you know, whatever. I'll just run this like a record label and then try to get people to just come to our website since none of these people will post things, so. Now you were going to school at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like a senior in high school when this started like really propelling and then graduated and then that's kind of what I focused on. I was working at Starbucks at this time. At that time, music is imploding, right? Uh, big record labels, they don't know what they're doing. Right, magazines. If you look at the the print magazines, were going away, but you know, online was was coming up. Why did you think that you could compete in that world when the professionals in that world weren't getting anywhere? Uh, the thing with me, I don't let what other people are or aren't doing dictate what I plan on doing. Mm -hmm. You know, if I if I want to do that just because it didn't work for them or him or her, doesn't mean it's not going to work for me. So I didn't let the fact that the trajectory of magazines at the time were, you know, weren't looking so good right. dictate me wanting to do a magazine or wanting to make whatever type of music I was like making at the time. Although it may have not been a popular sound, I still continue with it. And I think just that mind state is what sets me apart and I could stand out from the 40 other musicians who, you know, may be in the same class as me. Okay, so now, now you know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, maybe it's a spoiler or whatever, but I'm gonna tell people, you know, you have stuff like the carnival where tens of thousands of people come out to it, right? I know you from the fashion aspect, you'll come up with something and put it out there and you'll sell, all, you'll sell everything out. Your music, people are looking for your music and, 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 and you're highly respected, right? You got the golf media, right? Just getting out of high school, working at Starbucks to where you are today. How old are you now? 25. I see you're 25, so you're looking around seven year span. How do you get to that? How do you move? I don't know if the last one was 30,000 or 60,000. I, you know, I don't know how many people you move there because somebody may look at this next year. How do you get to there without using any major machine out there? 
And when I say major machine, no major record label, no major, uh, um, you know, event planner, right? No major clothing company like myself who could put you out and you move more goods than we do in certain areas. How do you do that? How do you build that community with no money, just getting out of uh, high school, working at Starbucks? Um, well, luckily I had a friend named Travis whose sister named Sid from the band The Internet, she had a little studio and she would let us record there. And that just ended up being our hangout spot to record there and me, the way I ran it, we all made music there and I start um, running our little crew as a record label. So, okay, February, you come out, March, you come out. I'll do all the artwork for them, blah, blah, blah. Do the track listing, okay, we'll give a month of promo for you, whether we shoot a really crappy video on a little Canon and we I upload, edit, and all that why would stuff. I, why like would I that. let you put me out when you ain't, you know, you you you're just doing a little bit better than me? You're okay, right? Why I mean, would I let you put me out? We're not. We're 18, 19. We're not really. Our the way our friendship worked, we wasn't thinking, thinking like that. that. And it was trust. It was trust. Luckily, they trusted whatever re crazy vision that I might have had, mm -hmm. just because they knew me. And it was like, all right, like, what what do we have to lose if we decide to let this guy? Uh, figure out the track list and we shoot a video for some songs that we made for fun and put them on a website. You know, when you're young, I think you don't really think of more of the negative aspects of things. You look at it in a positive light. And, and why, why are people, besides whether it's iTunes or uh, Complex or a lot of these other sites, why are they coming to your site? You know, because I go on there, I'm we, looking for whoever the hot artist is of the day, right? What are you doing to push them to the site? Um, I think it's just, I mean, some things, some people just have the it factor, some things are just intriguing, some things are just word of mouth, and I don't know specifically what we had, but we just made stuff that we personally thought was cool, and word just kept getting around, and next thing you know, you know, we have a fan base. Did you stay working at Starbucks? How long uh, did you No, nah, I got fired in February of 2010. Why did you fired? It was, well, we got a new manager, and her name was Cindy, and uh, I wasn't, like, the type to kiss her ass or anything, because I was like, dude, this is a oh, job. Oh, I thought you mean you got a new manager as an artist. You no, mean your manager at no, Starbucks? Yeah, at Starbucks, and <laughs> I wasn't kissing her ass, because I'm like, dude, I, I'm replaceable, I'm 19, this job is not the end of, like, I don't really care about this, and... I guess she took offense that I didn't uh, hold her hold her on a pedestal like she wanted, so she fired me. And at the time, it kind of sucked, but I looked back and realized it was the greatest thing that happened because that allowed me to focus more on the music and- Where were you living at that time? At my grandmother's house, yeah. How many hours a day were you focusing on the music? Um, I mean, it varies. I'm always, it's always music playing in my head and always arranging songs in my head and writing raps on my pants and trying to figure out notes and things like that. So I'll say just 24-7. And how long did that go for? Because, you know, let's talk about Carnival and let's talk about, you know, what you put out and, and how you sold through stuff. Carnival, you know, describe it to me if, so just people would know what um, Carnival is. So every year I throw, for the past five years, I'll throw a Carnival and it's basically just an excuse for me to get the majority of bands and artists that I like to perform mm -hmm. and I get to sit there and just have my 
birthday mm -hmm. and just watch bands and like artists that I like perform. And um, this started as an idea from my first album that I released. Um, it's, it, was a, it was a block called Fairfax that I kind of just grew up around and things like that. And I was like, yo, for the album release, I want to throw a little block party, get like a ride and like perform and like give stuff out. And the city wasn't gonna, they said no. Mm -hmm. They just said no. Like, no, that's a stupid idea, no. Instead of crying about it, uh, we were like, me and my manager, we was like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just find an empty lot and throw a carnival. Like, mm -hmm. whatever, we don't need that block. Let's do it bigger than that. The first one was about like 1,200 people, um, like a Ferris wheel, like maybe a swing ride, and I think this ride called The Zipper that I like. Had a couple games there, and then uh, this was in downtown Los Angeles, and across the street at the Nokia Theater, we we performed there. Next year after that, it grew. We took it to the Coliseum. Next year after that, it grew. Next year after that, it grew. Next year after that, it grew. And now with people from the Middle East, Australia, to Japan, from Korea, just flying in just to be in this specific place. And I'm... I'm really happy on how it's turning out because it's now it's bigger than me. Now you have sponsors and, now and a lot of people come sorta, out. Sort of, sort of, kind of. Well, you ask them and they just come out. Anyway, the artists I'm talking about, like how do the artists, how do you get the artists to perform there? Because I got I mean, a lot of friends. Yeah, so. I got a lot of friends who are artists. They're not showing up. <laughs> well, one, I think it's a respect level. Uh, a lot of the artists that I do like, I mean, some of us are friends, so they're down to do it just off rip, and uh. It's uh, this company called Golden Voice. Every year, we're like, hey, let's partner up and do this thing because y'all know what the fuck y'all doing. Mm -hmm. We just got the vision and the ideas and everything else planned, but the mechanical stuff, you guys. And um, that's kind of how we do it, and it, it works out great. Now, I, I had initially heard of you from the ability uh, to move products that you want to create, fashion mm -hmm. stuff, right? Because not only do people, you know, seek you out as an artist and then they seek out your events, but tell me, you know, one of the products that you moved and how many units you moved and how you went about it. Because now all of a sudden, you, you have a, a, a career as an artist and you're throwing a carnival that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, kind of depending on you on. And now all of a sudden you want to start doing fashion too. And that's doing too much at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Not at all, all when it sudden, comes naturally. You move some stuff. So, so let, me, let me hear the story about how you came up with whatever product you want to move and how you did it. Um... First off, I just make clothes because I just like clothes, like in the sense of, oh, that looks cool. And that's kind of how I run every season when it comes to clothes. Oh, I want to make this or I want to make that and I make it. And some things sell out in two seconds, some things don't sell out at all. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, when you just look at it from a long-term thing, I want to be able to say that was really cool and that's why I made that, whether it's the most popular thing or not. And um on taking risk when it comes to that. Last year it was this one uh, shirt that I drew up which had flames all over it. Kind of ugly, but it's cool as hell to me. And uh, this one guy named Brad, who's like a, who's a, who's a, who's a, um, who's with the company, the golf line company, um, he was saying, no, don't make that, that shirt is ugly, that, mm. that shit is trash. Mm. He's older than me, by the way, mm. and like never dressed weird. He was always the cool, kind of in-season guy. Mm -hmm. So he's looking at this shirt like, what is this weird shit? That shit is ugly. No one's ever going to buy it. And I'm like, yo, trust me. Like, this shirt is sick. It's going to go crazy. Like, this is a really cool shirt. Don't shoot it down. He's like, no, nah, this shit is horrible, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah. 
long story short, after all of that, that was the most that was the fastest selling thing that we've ever put how out many to units this you day. I don't know how many units we made, but it was gone in literally 30 seconds. We did a restock, gone in another 30 seconds. A few months later, we was like, fuck it, let's do another restock of this shirt and just see what happens. Literally gone in another 30 seconds. And it was crazy that that happened. And it also just reassured me to just continue to just make shit that you like. And I think it'll all succeed if you really just go for it. Now we're going to take a quick break because it is grow time with my man, Ian Siegel, CEO of ZipRecruiter. Welcome, Ian. Thanks for having me, Damon. So how does a business know when it's time for their first hire? I have a rule about hiring that I think everybody should adopt, and it's simply this. You never hire someone to do something new. You never hire someone to solve a problem that you think you're going to have. The only people you hire are people to take over things that you've already figured out how to do yourself. Mm. The first year I was at Zip, I was the only customer support rep and I was taking calls 12 hours a day. When we finally hired somebody, uh, it really set me free to focus on growing the business again. That's the right kind of hire you wanna make. When you have something that's already figured out, it's a process that's repeatable, hire somebody to manage that so that you can go do the hard new things. So just like scaling a business externally, you're scaling the process internally. That's right. You're the innovator. You want to be leveraged to keep growing the business, and you want other people to manage. I'm going to start using that myself. Thank you for being here, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. That was ZipRecruiter CEO Ian Siegel, and we'll hear from him again later when he tells us about some of the challenges he faced while building his team. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. So try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash rise. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash rise. I want to know how you got to the point where you just will not stop because a lot of people out there believe I need a store. I need this person to believe in somebody who has the keys to the entire world, right? I need a I need a channel to put me out, whatever the case is. Why do you think that you can do all this stuff? I mean, it just depends on what's important to you, you know? Like, I was having this conversation the other day. I can't get a song on the radio to save my life. Right. I can't get a video of mine to play on your MTVs or whatever. You go on your Vines and the song that's playing I, I'm not one of those songs. You ask your random lady down the street, she doesn't know my music, but you go to this carnival that I'm throwing and you have people coming from across the world, 20,000 kids dressed like me in different eras from the past five years. Where are they finding you? Purely on the music? And I guess the internet, media? music, whatever it is, but the influence is there. And I may not be on the radio, but I'm somewhere else. So. And some people think, oh, in order to make it, I have to be on the radio or I have to do this or dress like this. Or in order for people to like my clothes, I have to get them in it and I have to uh, get it in shops. I couldn't get the golf wing stuff or my or stuff when I was doing back in 2012 in a shop that I liked to save my life. So instead of letting that hinder me, we was like, OK, let's when we go on tour, let's do pop up shops in every city that we do in every city. Let's do a pop-up shop, dress it up, sell the clothes, blah, 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 make it a thing. And now 
that's the thing that every other person is doing nowadays. Right. And it's it, it also reassures like, yo, like you could still do it without going through these channels that everyone else is doing. But it may reassure you, but tell me the time that you failed. Because there's had to be times that you failed and you know, I wanna hear why or how you failed and why you still decided to then go into other channels of lifestyle even after you failed. What do, what do you think was your biggest failure? Um, I mean, I'm trying to think specifically, but I don't like I don't like the word failure. I don't like that. I don't think. What was that your that's biggest a, lesson? Yeah, I like lessons. I like seeing what doesn't work. Um, sometimes I make videos for album cuts. <laughs> that's weird. Like I make videos for the weird songs, and I have really like artistic good videos, but sometimes it's like, damn, that song's super weird. You got to find a medium, maybe. Um, I don't know. Did you, you ever second guess the path that you're trying to take? Did you ever say second maybe I guess? should go to school? Maybe, no. Uh, no? Never, not at all. Why not? Um, I don't know what I would learn in school. Or, or did you want to go get a regular job? After, after people realized who you were, and you started to have challenges in whatever area, you you know, doesn't matter, no, right? not at all. I like doing what I do. This is fun. Like, everything I do, I did for free, and I would do for free because I like it. This, is, this isn't a money grab. Although I'm successful, this is fun. My notebook that I just threw him is full of drawings of just ideas that I randomly have, and all the time I'm just thinking of stuff. So now I want to talk about that thing. That's a good point. Where's that notebook at? So this is full of drawings. Yeah. What what are the most productive tools that you think keeps you going? Is it is it a book like this? Because I want I want to now get into your day, like whatever your rise grind. You may rise at three o'clock in the afternoon or six a.m. in the morning. What does the first ninety minutes look like? And then what are your tools that you use throughout the day? And then what are your last ninety min minutes? What do they look like? Uh, I wake up usually around 7 a.m., 8 a.m. at the latest. I'm one of those people, like, I instantly get up and, like, brush my teeth, shower, and I'm fully dressed and ready. Mm -hmm. And uh, probably go to my keyboard and start messing with stuff or start looking at photos. Or, um, yeah, that's usually what I do. I usually start either making or listening to music because that's just how I start my day. And... Uh, now, why do you do that? I don't know. It's just habit or it's just no, what it could be, I could like. Be, listen, it could be, so, you know, you're running a successful business. There's always going to be problems in a business you need to address. Mm -hmm. Some people wake up in the morning and address the problems first. Mm -hmm. You get up and you start playing offense, I guess, right? You start either messing around with stuff to advance yourself or you start doing that to zone out. What is the reason that's the first thing you generally think about doing? It, did, were you sleeping and a whole bunch of crap came to your mind? I don't and you know. Like, I it's, do just, it's just how I roll. Like the other day I woke up early and had to finish editing these photos that I shot the other day for the new clothing release. Then I uploaded that to the Tumblr and the website and then went and made music. So usually right. everything I do when I wake up, probably at the end of the day pertains to this or that. And then so, after two hours of that, me and this guy, we sit in the writing room for six, seven hours and write for this TV show we have coming out. Mm -hmm. So 
my right, day so you prioritize, is usually... You prioritize that then, all right? Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden it's, it's, it's 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. What do you start doing from 6 to when you go to sleep? That's when I'm like, I got to get the fuck out the house. Yesterday, me and my friends Ubered to a park and we sat in the tree and then we just fucked around there and then we skated to the Grove and I yelled at some children and uh, got a phone case and then we went to Swingers and we ate. Then we went to see David Haneke. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I probably said it wrong. And he had an art show there. And we started looking at his stuff and I started looking at his technique on his early sketches and I was like, dang, I should start trying to like get better at this type of technique. And then what did we do? Then we went to my friend's house and then we sat there and then he played me some songs and I played him songs and we listened to some beats from some old artists and we start freestyling. And I was like, yo, we should get in a pocket like this if we like work on something. And then went home, played VR, PlayStation, and uh, then tried to call this dude who sells me dirt bikes to try to get a dirt bike for this weekend and a kicker ramp. And then um, I ordered some new markers that I could color with and then I went to sleep. And what time did you go to bed? Last night was late. I went to sleep at one, because that's really late for me, but Lionel's my witness. I'm usually, like, I can't take it by 9.20. Really? And then by 10.30, like, if I'm not if I'm not out and I'm at the crib, I'm out. And when, when you put all this stuff in this book, when do you get, because this is gonna back up after a while, right? When yeah. do you get to execute this? Uh, the next day, is that the morning? Um, wait, what do you mean exactly? When do you get, whatever you put in this book, could be a drawing, could be a lyric, oh, could be yeah, could it could be take like it, two two days maybe. And when you you put it in the morning time, or you put it yeah, yeah, the, yeah, you, I'm you more, execute it in the morning. Yeah, I'm more in the morning with those. I'm more in the morning. What do you think your your biggest weakness is now, or something you you need to just improve on? Damn, I don't even know. I wish I was better at piano. <laughs> I don't know if that's a weakness. I, I could probably be too optimistic and in my own bubble sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, you just asked a question that, like, most people will answer differently. Mm -hmm. And I said, my weakness is me not being better at piano. At least I'm aware of that, though. If you had to see yourself in 10 years from now, how would you A look? bald gospel singer with clear hair. How you bald and clear I hair? know, right? The future is crazy. <laughs> Hair and ball aren't the same, brother. Dude, don't limit yourself, man. <laughs> I have no vision. Don't limit. See, man, he limited himself, dude. Don't hinder yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most productive thing or tools that you're using, whether, you know, it's it's an app, whether it's a it's a something you practice, whether what do you think is the most productive thing that helps you just stay focused on whatever your goal is? Uh, my brain, which may seem like a vague answer, but that's literally the base of yeah, everything. Yeah, but that could, be your, that could be your worst enemy, too. It could, but so far, it has worked out in my favor and a lot of other people's favor. And I think um, always being, being curious, always like... Always trying to learn? Yeah, always trying to learn and study and like, what's that? And not being afraid to get a new lesson where something might not work out, but. Why do you write things down? Because, you know, 
people your age generally doesn't don't write things down unless this is purely just sketches. Is that is that what no, this mainly I, is? No, I write I write things down. It's well, like, but they usually write them down in in smartphones and stuff like that. Why do you take the um, time to physically write that down? Now, of course, drawing something is different. Yeah, it's, is it mainly drawings or is it? No, nah, it's like I see lyrics in It's there, a lot of words. It's a lot of notes for like chords and stuff. But why wouldn't you put that in an iPhone, whatever you could, and then just uh, that's just drawings? Uh, I don't know. I really like the colors and the saturations that I could get from the different markers. I think I think that's why I use this. And uh, I don't know. I like working with my hands. I like I like working with these. I like seeing what the material feels like of a shirt getting made or um, I don't know. It's it's just me personally. Some people love doing that. I'm I'm more like I like no, let's not drive. Let's Uber there like five blocks up and then skate there to the park and just climb a tree and just sit there and talk and let my phone die. Like I like that because that allows me to that I implement that experience and things like that into the stuff that I'm making. So if you were to talk to another young man or woman who came up like you, but they said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going and doing this, or I'm working at this place because it's just, it's just the right thing to do. I've been, I've been told that I need to have a career like this, but I really love what you do and they admire you. What do you think, what would you say to them? Are you different than them? Is there something that they could do they're missing? and they just don't believe in themselves. What do you think is the thing that separates you from all the rest of the, all the, rest of the young talent out there that are, you know, they, they, they just don't believe that they can do it because they, they need other people to do it for them. They need somebody else to hire them. What are they missing? I think some people just don't really, one, believe stuff, and two, don't know what they want. I be coming across people like, oh, I want to be successful. Like, in fucking what? Like, you can shoot a three-pointer and make that and that successful. Like, be specific. Like, I don't think people know what they want in the sense of like, hey, what's your dream car? I don't, I don't know. Or like, what's your favorite color? I don't like, I think when you know uh, what you want, I think that works out. And also... You ever you ever hear a rapper and like damn his old his his stuff like his early stuff was sick. Mm -hmm. What happened? Mm -hmm. It's not a theory, but I also I I came up with this thing like okay maybe they were so hungry and had this 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 it thing about them because what they were working for they didn't have yet. Mm -hmm. So say they work hard, blah, 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 and they start making money and they get that car they want or that girl they want or that jewelry they want or whatever it is that they want. They get that tangible thing. They lose that spirit that they had going for them because that's gone. I mean, because they have that now, so it's no reason to even go hard anymore. And I think that happens also with a lot of people too. They hit a ceiling. And me personally, I don't think I'll hit that ceiling because what I want, I can't grasp. It's, it's untangible. And that's me always wanting to make tight clothes or always wanting to make uh, really sick music or keep making chord progressions that just make my heart melt. 
or things like that, and that's nothing you could grab. So, so when you're talking about the person who really doesn't know what they want, because success could be a three-point shot, are you saying that you have always visualized? Yeah, you're making Marshall, goals. You I'm going to be exactly. X, X amount of eight. I'm going to be a gospel singer this age, mm -hmm. bald head with clear hair. Yeah, you got to right. know exactly what. So you when want. you get to that level of being a gospel singer, uh, you know, at, at that point, what do you do then? Because maybe well, that's you've arrived. The thing. When you get to these certain points. On the way there, you if you if you're open-minded and you're always curious, you'll have new things that you're, you're coming across. And once you hit that, you're already working on the thing that's ten years after that. What it's do you things I'm working for, on What do you now. give back for getting to that point in life? When you get to that gospel singing part of clear hair, and you know, I asked you a question, you answered really quick. What are you doing at that point of life to sh to get to that accomplishment? So I'll give you an example. Somebody says, "Hey, I want to get, I want to, I want to, I want to get, I want to have a million dollars by age of 25." So what are you going to do with the million dollars? So what are you going to do at that gospel singer age? Maybe I'll be trying to run for mayor of Los Angeles and get horse implants in my legs. Who knows? Maybe that answer will change. Horse implants. What week. is that? See, you're hindering yourself, but he's no. curious, so he wants to know the answer. So I'm thinking of getting legs mm -hmm. like a horse. Four or two? Two. Front because or, I still like fronts these. or backs. Like, probably probably fronts. Clash of the, the Titans, the dude. Clash of the Titans, the dude. It's just a look. It's just a really cool. You look ever seen Clash of the Titans, the original one? No. Your man is in there. Same legs and everything. Would you like horse legs? This is uncomfortable, but the point of the matter is that what you're doing, honestly, do you know what goal setting is? Do you know the method of goal setting? Because I, I, you, you said goals. I mean, for me, I set goals, you know, for, for certain things. And, you know, you slowly get there. And if it's not tomorrow, it'll be next week. And if it's not next week, it's next year. And I just keep going for certain things that I want, whether it's a car, whether it's I want this song to do this, or I want the carnival to have this capacity at one year, or I hope that this, like, it, it all depends. Well, well, I thank you for the, for the interview because, you know, honestly, you don't realize, it took me, you know, 20 years to realize, you know, to, to set goals, goal setting is something that, number one, you can't hit a goal that you can't see, so you have to visualize it, right? Number two is exactly what you're talking about with the people who get somewhere, when you set goals, you, you're supposed to say what you're going to do when that goal happens. A lot of people are open-ended. Open I'm going to get a million dollars. So what are you going to do with a million dollars? Well, usually I'm going to get a million dollars. I'm going to invest in a business. I'm going to go sail the world. Do I'm going to do I'm whatever the case is. jeans. Exactly. But or a lot of when they horse. get there, they go, I've hit the goal. Now what do I do? And then they become miserable and complacent and it's not fulfilling. And then they become really dark heroin addicts and get really, really sad and become alcoholics and then just everything goes fucking downhill because they're lost and they don't know what they want. And when you don't know what you want, you're lost. And when you're lost, you're roaming. And when you're roaming, your bill, it goes up. Yeah, you, you And that's be, not good. You'll be a gospel singer for sure. Yes. Thank you, brother. Thanks, brother. Yes, brother. Thank you. <laughs> the legs. The legs. You're retarded. <laughs> Love you. All right, it's growth time again, and we're back with Ian Siegel, CEO of ZipRecruiter. 
Growing your customer base while still satisfying your existing customers is tricky for a lot of businesses. What helped you do it? At ZipRecruiter, I think the thing that really both enabled me to satisfy our current customers as well as grow our business was I did most of the support myself. Talking directly to customers did two things. First of all, the quality of the interactions you have with your customers ends up defining what your brand is. The second thing is, your customers will tell you exactly what your product roadmap should be. Your customers are your best source of knowing what to do next. So between creating great relationships with the customers who call in, mm -hmm. plus listening to their feedback of what they want you to do next, you pretty much can't go wrong. Using them as ambassadors and focus group at the same time. 100%. Ian, I learned a lot. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. It was great to be here. If you're a growing business, ZipRecruiter can help you hire the right people. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash rise. Once again, try ZipRecruiter for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash rise. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. If you enjoyed listening to this interview, there is a whole lot more where that came from. I break things down even further in my new book and audiobook, Rise and Grind. I also share how I've incorporated some of these principles into my own life and use them to stay motivated and focused. Check out Rise and Grind wherever books and audiobooks are sold. And if you want more info on what I'm up to, check out DamonJohn.com and follow me on social media at TheSharkDamon. 